Amen. How many know we believe in preaching the word? I'm not going to preach politics, my God. That's, why preach politics when that's not the answer? That's not even the problem. Ah, uh, let, let me just preach on that for an hour. All right, let's get back to the Samaritans. Everybody ready? Let's go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. And these 12 Jesus sent out, and, and come, this is the beginning of ministry. He's appointed his 12, and he's sending them out for the first time. And here's what he told them. Do not go into the way of the Gentiles. Sometimes God's got to tell us what not to do. I just got a word from the Spirit. Some of you are facing some decisions. The Holy Spirit's been dealing with you, and it's different kinds of things. Can I, can I just pause here? Don't, don't hold this against my time, okay? Someone, and, and the Lord's calling you to high, some higher things, and you're troubled, and you're I don't know, you know. I'm just here to confirm that's the voice of the Spirit. You need to put your fear aside and step in to what God is calling you to do. Might be one person, might be 20, I don't know. There's someone else here. You're about to make a bad decision. It's a personal thing, not a ministry thing. And I'm telling you, I'm warning you, something in you wants to do this. But I'm telling you by the Spirit, if you do it, it'll, it'll re- you'll, reap, you'll reap destruction. You just, you just take that for what it is. Whew. That's for one person. I don't know who you are, so don't be, don't be harassing me after church. Whew. Well, you had, to inter- you had to interrupt me in my introduction. I don't know where to go now. So let's talk again about what not to do. Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans. We have a specific calling that you need to follow. Do not go into Gentile cities. Do not go into Samaritan cities. Why? Because Jesus' calling was to the Jews. Sometimes we don't understand that. We don't appreciate that because... Because the Bible says the Jew first. So the ministry, Jesus' ministry wasn't even to us. It was to the Jews. They were given a choice because they were God's chosen people. So the gospel went to them first. And they could receive it or reject it. How many know they basically rejected it? Many Jews got saved, obviously. The 12 were Jews. Jesus was a Jew. But as a nation, the leadership, they rejected the gospel, even to this day. But how many know there's coming a time? I believe it may even be during the tribulation when there will be 144,000 Jewish Billy Grahams. Only they're going to be filled with the Spirit, I guess. I don't know. And they're going to be released on this planet. Woo! Glory to God. What a day that's going to be. The eyes of the Jewish nation are going to be opened, and as a nation, they're going to convert to God. But anyway, that's, I, I digress. 
Jesus said, that's not my ministry, but I noticed in the Bible, he keeps ministering to them. Right? We see it all over the place. I'm going to give you some examples. And you wonder what it is, and, he, and, and here's what it is. In spite of the fact that Jesus had a specific mission, he still had a heart. And when he saw hurting people, and when he saw hungry people, and when he saw faith, when he saw faith, he, had, he just had to respond to it. So let's, let's look at this mission. Let's look at these people. Listen, it's just strange. But sometimes the people that are farthest away from God are sometimes the hungriest. When they get saved, they make the best Christians. Come on, church. I know what I'm talking about. I wasn't born saved. I know some of you were born saved. But listen, and I'm not putting you down, but I wasn't born saved. I, I was, I, you all know my story. Uh, I, sometimes I don't share my story because when I come visit you, you want to lock up the silverware. Come on now. <laughs> I, I, I've been in through something. I've laid some things down. I quit all that two, three years ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sorry. Just so ornery today. I got to quit. Oh, Lord, help us. Why is it that sometimes the people that are furthest away are the easiest to reach? And people that have been raised in church are sometimes the coldest, have the coldest hearts. As Jesus began his ministry to Israel, guess what the response was? There was two kinds of responses. So let's go to Mark chapter 7, verse 24. Let's get into this a little bit. Are you okay? Mark chapter 7, verse 24. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. This, these cities are on the coast, on the Mediterranean coast. You got your geography? And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. Let's just stop right there. Because if you get into the verses before that, it was all about Jesus fighting with religious people. And Jesus still fights with religious people. The gospel was to the Jews, but they were the first ones to reject it. The greatest hindrance to revival is not the world. It's religious people. Judgment begins in the house of God. We can talk about how evil the world is, but that's not really the problem. Because revival seems to glow the brightest when it's the darkest. The problem is not the darkness. It's the lack of light in the house of the living God. It's because we're no longer a house of prayer, but we're a house of entertainment. And it's time to get back to the roots, time to get back to the Word of God. We need a move of the Spirit in these last days. He fought with the leadership. And then the non-leadership, you know, the, the regular church people, you know what their issue was? Their only thing was, bless me. Feed me. 
Heal me. All they wanted was their needs met. And Jesus, out of a heart of compassion, he healed them. He fed them. He blessed them. But he only called 12. And eventually the 70. And we see 120 on the day of Pentecost. But thousands heard his message. Why is it always a remnant? Lord, are y'all following me? Let's go on in these verses. So he's in a Gentile city. You got me? This is a Gentile city. This is on the coast. This is a Greek city. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, she's not a Jew, and she came and fell at his feet. Y'all know the story. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, because we got to be sure what the ethnicity is. And she kept asking him, kept asking him, kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first. I've got to minister to the church people. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Lord, if I preach that. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, I agree. I'm a dog. Yet even the little dogs under the table. How many know you can live and be blessed off the crumbs that fall off the master's table? Little dogs. Can you see the little dog under the table? You ever see these dogs? They're like, they watch your hand, don't they? They're just waiting for you to make a mistake. Dogs eat under the, under the table, eat from the children's crumbs. They eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. The demon's gone out of your daughter. Is that verse 29? That's it. It's done. A Greek. I thought you said we're not going. He's hiding out. He got away from the church. He said, I got to go. I got to have a sabbatical. All I do is fight with these Pharisees and Sadducees. And, and, and I've just got to get out of town. And he goes to a Greek city where nobody knows him. But this little Greek woman figured him out. And he's trying to hide out. And he's trying to just pray. and be. But, but, but Jesus had a heart for this Greek lady. And, she, and he casts the demon out of her. Mm. There's a hunger. Church, I want you to understand something. I know there's a great falling away in many churches. We were just at prayer conference, and so many pastors talk about it. And I only told one or two what God's doing here. I'm just, I, don't, I don't want to depress them. It's just, like, oh, why has God left me? I said, I don't know why God left you. But God has just richly blessed us during this pandemic. And I don't understand it. I, you know, it's him. Can't take credit for it. It's all him. 
It's all him. But I want you to understand something. There's a great falling away, but there's also a great harvest coming. And there's a hunger, not for the things God can give them, but there's a hunger for the one who can give them. People are once again, they're not hungry for church. They're hungry for Jesus. They're not hungry for a tradition. They're hungry for a person. They're not hungry for four walls and all the weird things we do as church people. I don't know that they even want to be around you guys or me. But there is a hunger for Jesus. Sometimes, church, you got to remember, don't even, don't even talk about church. Just talk about Jesus because that's what they need. Now, they can find Jesus in the church. I understand. Invite them as it works out for you. Do what you got to do. But please remember, people aren't attracted much to church anymore, but they're still an attraction to Jesus. Ah, hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Let's talk about these Samaritans. And we go to John chapter 4 and verse 6, another familiar passage preached on this so many times, right? Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. I don't know why it takes 11 men to get 12 happy meals, but 13 happy meals. But <laughs> Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it? I can't figure this out. You're a Jew. Why are you even talking to me? Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, Jew, Samaritan. For Jews have no dealings. With Samaritans. Stop right there. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. <laughs> Nowadays, you'd get canceled for this sort of thing. This is called racism. Hello? Now, I need to explain something to you. Racism now is different somewhat from racism. Back then, racism had nothing to do with the color of your skin. Racism had everything to do with what tribe you're from. And everybody was proud of their, it's not about black, white, or brown. It's about I'm an Egyptian. I'm a Persian. I'm a Greek. I'm a Roman. You understand what I'm saying? I am a Jew. People identified by their tribe. The Greek word for nation right, in the New Testament, is ethnos. It's where we get the word ethnic from. So it was, eth what's your ethnicity? What's your tribe? The Bible says every tribe and nation, ethnos, will be represented in heaven. Every tribe will be represented in heaven. Ah, hallelujah. 
So, so the, the prejudice there is I'm a, I'm a Greek or, uh, you know, that's, that's my whole, my whole identity. And, but the Romans were, the Romans were kind of open. They, they didn't care what God you served. They didn't care what your ethnicity was. You could be all that. Just, just make sure you bow down to Roman authority. Now, you know, the Jews hated the Romans because the Romans had taken over Israel. They hated the Greeks because they had a philosophy that was very, very different, right, from, in fact, our culture today is based on Greek philosophy. But they really hated the Samaritans. In fact, Jews were prejudiced against everybody. And it was a religious thing because they were clean and everybody else is not. So a Jew wouldn't even go into the house of a Gentile. A Jew would not speak to or touch someone that's a non-Jew. Now, the interesting thing is, who are the Sumerians? The Sumerians are actually, going back to ancient times, they were Jews as well. How many remember when, when Joshua crossed the Jordan, two tribes stayed behind? Y'all remember your Bible? Two tribes said, we're not going to cross the Jordan. We're, we're okay with being on the east side. The other ten tribes crossed, and they basically became Israel, and the other two tribes kind of drifted away from Israel. And because Jerusalem was too far to go, they established their own place of worship on Mount Gerizim. That's what the woman at the will is talking about. She says, some people say worship here, some people say worship there. Are you getting me? Not only that, but how many remember the Babylonian captivity where tens of thousands of Jews were carted off, enslaved, and brought to Babylon? Well, guess what? The Samaritans weren't taken away. They stayed. The, 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 the Babylonians did not put them into captivity. So for 70 years, most of the Jewish population lived in Babylon. Then after 70 years, they come home. It's kind of like the Jews coming home today, and they're like, who are you? Oh, this is our land. This is your land. Where have you been? <laughs> that, by the way, I just summarized the whole Middle East conflict for you. That's the whole thing. Where have you been? The Samaritans said, look, while you were out there partying in Babylon, we stayed here. We can't. So their, their worship and their beliefs kind of got weird and kind of went off a little bit. And, and this conflict arose to where Jews absolutely hated and would have nothing to do with Samaritans. Nothing. And the same thing with Samaritans towards Jews. There's a dividing line there that could not be crossed. But the Bible said Jesus felt a need to go through Samaria. Hallelujah. There needs to be a need in us to go where no one else will go. There needs to be a need in us to say, I need to go out of my way and touch a Samaritan for Jesus. Churches are really good at collecting people who look like themselves and not very good at collecting people who are very different from them. I'm glad we're different, but God only knows what's going to come. 
Are you ready for what God sends? People who have never been in a church in their life are getting saved and coming to church. And the good part about these Samaritans, they don't have any bias. They just walk in and say, oh, okay, so this is church. I'm, I'm down with this. They don't have a grandma that says, you can't speak in tongues here. When the Holy Ghost falls, there's no religious people saying, well, that's not God. How do you know? Because grandma said. They had no dealings with Samaritans. I guess what I'm getting at is we have got to develop a spirit that's willing to go even to people we don't know family members that don't know Jesus, people at work. And, and uh, can I be honest with you? This idea of inviting people, I don't know if you just don't know any sinners anymore. You've been saved too long. That might be part of the problem. But I remember in this church, I remember a time in this church where, where half the church would invite somebody. And we, we would have a friend's day and fill the sanctuary with a hundred guests. What's going on now? You could talk about a house of prayer. You could talk about how spiritual you are. But where's the love for the Samaritan? We're in a time where literally almost half the church has left their church. There are people that, that are God people that are hungry for something real. They're tired of what they left, but they're looking for something real. And if you think this is the place, why would you let your friends and family wander around the wilderness and, and, and stop going to church and act like they can be all that just worshiping at St. Mattress and watching us on Facebook Live. I'm glad we got Facebook Live. You know, y'all can watch it when you can't be here. It's a convenience, but that's not the church Jesus left. No, that's a church is an assembly. It's not just something you watch. It's good, but it's not the church. People just signed off. They're gone. They don't want to watch me anymore. Can we go to the rest of the story? How many are still with me? Good, because I'm going to fuss at you some more. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift. How many know if they just knew what they were missing? If they just knew how wonderful it is to serve Jesus. If they just knew the joy of walking, if they just knew what it was like to go through a trial and have Jesus take you by the hand. If they knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He would have given you living water. Oh, I feel the Lord. The woman said to him, sir, you, you don't even have anything to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Remember, they all come from the same. Who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his son. I mean, they're sitting on a well that's probably 1,500 years old. 
Next verse. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, pointing to the well. Something, something. But the water that I shall give him, they will never thirst. I mean, the water that, yeah, you get it. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jump over to verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman. I thought women weren't supposed to preach. I just feel a meddling spirit this morning. Well, she wasn't preaching. I don't know what, if that's not preaching, you go back to the town, you preach to the men of the town, they get saved and a whole city converts to Jesus. If that's not a woman preaching, then I'm, then I'm not a preacher. I mean, if you're going to meddle, just meddle. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. I thought you weren't supposed to do that, Jesus. And many more believed because of his own word. Many others believed. I think that's the last verse. And many more believed because of his bring them to Jesus. Your testimony will bring them to his word. Y'all got that? Your testimony. I, I, I'm not trained in evangelism. Your testimony. Do you have a testimony? Well, have you been saved? Has God ever done anything for you? You don't have to be trained in Scripture. You just need a testimony. What did Jesus do? They, can't argue, they can argue with your doctrine, but they can't argue with your testimony. Just tell them what Jesus did for you, for your home, for your family, how he changed your life. That's all you got. They're not going to argue with your testimony. They can't. They can't. Whew. So here we got these Samaritans. So Jesus takes it a step further in Luke chapter 10. Y'all still here? In Luke chapter 10, and a certain lawyer, a certain, it's, how many know there's, there's always a lawyer somewhere? A certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What's your interpretation? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Ah, okay. So Jesus said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. Praise God. There's life in loving your neighbor and loving your God. But he wanted to justify how many. That's called finding a loophole. People always come up, uh, Pastor, uh, if I do this, will I go to heaven? 
That's like asking your wife, how much can I do before you leave me? How much can I get away with? You know, where's the line? Really? That's how you're going to serve Jesus? But he wanted to tell you, he said to Jesus, and, and so who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And Jesus said, a certain Samaritan. No, 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 no. My neighbor is my Jewish guy over there next to me. Uh, my neighbor is that guy I work with because uh, uh, he's a Jew. Uh, whoa, 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 Samaritan. Now, you know the story, right? A priest goes by, but he's too busy doing religious things. And a Levite comes by, but he's too busy with his religious duties. You know, sometimes church can get away, get in the way of your mission. Come on, let's just be honest. You can get so busy in churchy stuff that you don't have time for the great commission. Woo! Glory to God. Let me just say that ten times. I won't. But then a Samaritan comes. But you know the story. The Samaritan saw this Jewish guy 